This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson Weber, and with me today are three uh, of the organizers of the Chicago Theater Symposium here to follow up on the conversation that Tom Williams had last week with Arvid Spomberg. Um, the symposium is coming up this week. It's a major event in Chicago theater. And um, so with me are John Green, who is the chair of the theater department at Columbia College, and Koya Paz, who is on the faculty of Columbia in the theater department, and Albert Williams, also on the faculty at Columbia and a critic for the Chicago Leader. So welcome to the three of you. And last week, um, Tom and Arvid's uh, conversation focused a lot on the inception of the symposium, what, how it came about, and I thought it would be helpful now to look at the future, what you hope will have come out of it when you finally get to go to bed in six days without tossing and turning. <laughs> so Albert, maybe uh, since you along with Arvid were one of the two who kind of conceived of this whole thing, could you start by just telling us what you hoped when you first thought of it might come out of this kind of huge event? Well, yes, thank you. Um, initially, about three years ago, I uh, and Arvin and I were advocating for Chicago Theater History Museum, a place, a consolidated place where people could come and study Chicago theater history and actually also the current situation too. But out of those conversations, and including, by the way, uh, conversations with people from the Chicago Public Library, emerged the idea of what else can we do to generate interest in Chicago theater historically, but specifically the idea of history as a foundation on which to chart the future. Uh, and speaking as a teacher, of course, all teachers will say that their students don't have enough historical background in the areas they want to study, so that's a, a passionate issue for us. Mm -hmm. But I think that that is basically what we want to accomplish with this, is to, is to set a groundwork for chronicling Chicago theater history uh, as a way to build in the present state and also on the future for it. Um, we also wanted to foster a lot more connection among the major theater institutions, by which I mean both schools like Columbia, Roosevelt, Northwestern, and DePaul, and the University of Chicago, and then also organizations who we were able to bring into the process, like the League of Chicago Theaters, the Dramatists Guild of America, and so on. Mm -hmm. There's never been anything like this that tried to bring all of these different people together, artists, scholars, right. administrators, right. and we hope that this will just be the start of something big, as the song says. So the idea is that all of the stuff that comes out of this process, the papers and the panels and so forth, will then be collected somewhere. That would be our hope. Um, certainly the conversations we're having at the moment is that we, we will document this in a number of ways. We, we would like to think that um, a monograph or a book or a series of articles will come out of this. Uh, we are videotaping a, a a large cross-section of um, each day's events. Um, so we will have, I think, a, a range of documentation uh, to archive once once the three days are completed. Is the um, Are the participants primarily scholars? Are they primarily 
a Chicago theater folk, or is it a really a, a mix of both? What you'll see at the conference is that we have a, a pretty healthy mix of people who are giving traditional academic papers. So they have prepared a paper, they're reading the paper, there'll be a Q&A afterwards. And then we have panels with people who have smart things to say and a long history of practice. So, And then we've also built in brown bag sessions where anybody can talk about their experience or their opinion. And so we've really worked hard to create a place where lots of different kinds of theorizing and talking about Chicago theater history can happen. And I think that's going to be the great strength of this. We hope this is going to be the great strength of this, that, that, that we at Columbia are providing a, a neutral ground. Um, our agenda is to celebrate Chicago theater. So, and as we've, as in the latter stages of planning this in the last few weeks, as, as I've been talking to theater professionals, for example, at the Goodman Theater or at Timeline, they're excited because we're providing them with a space to talk to other theater professionals without an agenda. The academics that we're talking to are excited because they actually get them to talk to the, to the practitioners. So what I hope is going to come out of this is that in will be a series of issues that we then want to f focus on in the future so that, say, in a, in a couple of years we could have another symposium that would be focused on one, two issues that came out of this initial symposium. So this is, uh, is, is the is the big canvas. We're, we're, we're painting big. No, we've made no small plans, to quote Burnham, mm -hmm. in, in putting this together. You're becoming a good Chicagoan. Uh, but, um, well, for me, it's a huge learning experience. No, I'm, I'm the, I, I know least, I'm sure everybody in the room, I'll know least about Chicago theater. And, and so for me, it's, it's, it's a great boot camp. And I'll come out enlightened at the end. Um, but I think it's important that as, a, as an academic institution, and I know that, that our colleagues at Northwestern and the Paul, who are also participating and the University of Chicago, think likewise that we can provide um, a catalyst as educational institutions, uh, you know, involved with theatre, uh, training our students in theatre, educating our students in theatre, we can provide the catalyst for academics and practitioners to come together to deal with issues, to discuss issues, to theorise about what is going to happen in the future to theatre per se, and specifically theatre in Chicago. Let me press you a little bit on that, because one of the things that, standing outside of it, I wonder about is how much are the concerns of theatre academics and theatre artists really overlapping? Well, I, of course, that depends on the artist and the academic, right? I, I think that um, I have always really believed that there's a vibrant intersection between theory and practice. I have a PhD in performance studies myself. It can't get much more theoretical right. than <laughs> that kind of work, but I'm also a practicing artist, a director and writer, and have been for the whole of my academic career. And I think that they're mutually productive, right? And one of the things an academic can do is look at the big picture, look at the social context without any emotional attachment. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. I, I'll intercept that right away. So academics have lots of emotional <laughs> attachment. 
sense to their work. Right? Uh-huh. But the idea is that, you know, perhaps I didn't make this work. I'm, I'm not friends with the people that made this work. I'm interested in it solely as uh, the product and the impact that that product has had. Whereas artists are intimately tied to their work, intimately tied to each other's work, whether mm-hmm. I, I don't like that play because I don't like that person or I always love that person's work. So, of course, this play is brilliant. And uh, so I think that the, the discourse between the two is really productive. And we, I think we all say kind of reflexively, you need to know the history of your art as an artist. And I may be taking more the point of view of the artist because I think our audience tends to be more both audiences and Chicago artists, theater artists. Um, but I wonder if any of the three of you want to dig into that because it seems true, but but is it really true? I mean, every generation just recreates its art form. How, what does it really, why is it important to know our history? Let me just press you on that. I don't think it's true that every generation reproduces its art form, you know, or I think that sometimes, you know, people are creating work, uh, you know, we're creating work based on the moment that we're in, right? And that is most effective and most productive when you aren't reinventing the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. So most, almost all of my work is done in Latino communities, in uh communities of color, immigrant communities, right? And so often I hear people saying, I'm going to start a theater company because there's no company that does X, Y, or Z. And Mm -hmm. I think, well, I don't think that's true. Actually, there are companies that do X, Y, and Z and companies that do all three of those together. So are you wanting to replicate the work that they're doing because you don't feel included in it? Or is there really something missing here that you can add? To the community. And mm-hmm. I think that that's where an academic or historical or social political perspective can be really helpful for artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In terms of the, the scholarly interest, um, are there actually lots of scholars around the world who care about Chicago theater? That is a great question. Um, the reason that Arnold Sponberg came up with the idea and brought it to me, who I then brought it to John Green is that he goes to theater conferences, theater academic conferences around the country, and perhaps I'm repeating something Arvid said on Tom Williams' interview last week, but uh, he believes that Chicago circa, say, 1950 to the present, starting with the Compass Players and up to the present, is a moment in theater history in terms of intensity and creativity comparable to Elizabethan London. Mm-hmm. and that that is not appreciated by the theater academic community in America who know Steppenwolf, they know David Mamet came from Chicago, etc., etc., but they may not really appreciate, first of all, how much more there is to Chicago theater, and second, the factors that created Chicago theater as a specific style or group of styles, mm-hmm. but a specific uh, phenomenon. Yeah. But, no, we don't think that there is enough appreciation of what Chicago theater's unique role in American theater has been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the name of the conference is Chicago Theater Capital of America, which some people dismiss as a very boosterish uh, title. But that title came from a quote by Michael Dillington, Britain's most esteemed theater critic, in his newspaper, The Guardian of London, in 2004, based on a, on a, a visit he made to Chicago for a week to see theater. You know, it sort of feels like sometimes you really need an outsider to recognize what Chicago has, and we would like to change that. But at the same time, and I think this is something that we as Chicagoans and as artists and scholars based here have to be concerned about or aware of, 
is the tendency to become insular. Right. And uh, Chicago theater is the best, and nothing else is as good, and New York's just a bunch of commercial junk, and so forth and so on. But now, how does a symposium about Chicago theater make Chicago theater less insular? I think that uh, it goes back to uh, a comment that Coyle made earlier, that there is that there are fracture lines. Uh, I think that there are actual lines of investigation here. Um, we This is a celebration in one way, but it's a celebration that uh, um, I think will be um, a critical celebration. Um, it's not simply going to be a, a, rah, a, rah, rah. a rah, 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 <laughs> or, 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 or boostering, boosting ourselves. Yeah. I think there are um, critical questions to be asked, uh, particularly... Uh, regarding the, the, the diversity of theatre that's available. Um, as we were planning the symposium, sending out invitations to calls, calls for papers, uh, we were getting, uh, we the committee, we're getting a fair number of emails back which were asking us questions f- uh, about Chicago theatre. For example, one of the earliest questions and one that, one that that reverberated for a long time was where is the African-American theater in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And the easy answer was everywhere, but the specific question was, was where is that building located? Mm-hmm. Where can we go to see that? And then I think there are other questions about, you know, um, hip-hop theater kind of started here and where is that uh where is the what is the influence of of what i see as as a reviving international theater scene uh in chicago we it's now possible for a, a chicago theater patron a student to see a reasonable amount of international work over over a year um so what's the impact of that very different work on the, the, the Chicago theatre scene per se. So I think, and, and then you know, where are companies? Where are companies aiming to be in the future? You know, is there a league of where do we want to be as as we add yet another wonderful Tony award to mm-hmm. our theatres? So I think that 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 along with the celebration are serious questions to be to be asked about what's happening where are things going the other thing i wanted to mention you, you asked about outside interest we do have a number of scholars especially not so much artists but professional scholars and academics coming from all over the country kent state university ole miss um uh, harvard um University of South Florida, and even, I am proud to say, the University of Macedonia. Wow. Who is going to, this woman is going to present a paper about how Chicago, because of the original Hull House Settlement House, Mm -hmm. was the birthplace of the Greek American theater. Hmm. Cool. And I didn't know anything about that. No, there's a lot to know, right? Yes. Koya, you said before the interview started that, um, there was you, you discovered as you were uh, going through the process of looking for papers and panels and so forth that there was dissent, I think is what you said, about the history of Chicago even, and that was a surprising statement. Can you explain that? <laughs> I'm always the crabby one <laughs> everywhere I go. You know, I, I'll start with an anecdote. Just I, I am new faculty at Columbia, so I came on to the committee after the committee was already in progress, and we had a, a kind of early, um, what is it called, postcard about it. And I took a look at it. And to, to me, it was a picture of 
some white people standing on train tracks. I didn't know who these white people were. I wasn't that interested in who these white people were. Who were so, they, in fact? Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Like, who are these guys? Yeah, but how would yeah. I know that, right? Uh-huh. I, I, in 1980, I was five years old, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm not from Chicago. I came to Chicago, work almost exclusively in communities of color yeah. outside of these kind of, you know, venerable Chicago theaters, except for when they're doing a festival, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so... To me, I looked at it and I said, I'm not that interested even in who those people are. That doesn't reflect my sense of what Chicago theater is, you know. And so um, we had a lot of conversations uh, on the committee, you know, talking about the place of improv, for example. You know, why why would we have a whole section, you know, a whole day geared towards improv, you know, and people saying, well, here's why that's really important to have. Well, are we going to have whole sessions on queer theater? Is that tokenizing? Is it tokenizing to do a session on this? Well, mm-hmm. you know, so. Um, that's part of why we've built in so many places for people to just pause and talk around something, particularly around questions of, you know, ghettoization. Uh, what is the canon? What I- is there a theater center here in the city? Are there centers? What is professional? What is, you know, not, you know, these mm-hmm. are all questions that have come up and we've had heated discussions. So I think that's exciting because that means that the people who come to the symposium will also have heated discussions or provocative discussions. What's the format for that kind of interaction? Well, in addition, so every session has built into it a Q&A and conversation, mm-hmm. but we also every single day have a brown bag session where people are invited to eat lunch and discuss a particular hot topic. So one day it will be, uh, why is Chicago theater still so white? Riffing on a, a timeout article a few years mm-hmm. ago. Yep. Uh, we'll have one on who critiques the critics, right? But, uh, well, that's interesting. This, this is a city where a review can make or break your show. There's, you know, sometimes there's almost, you know, oh, there'll be over a hundred openings in a weekend. So that's oh, what it seems sure. like. So, you know, reviews matter, but mm-hmm. who's responding to critics? We have a session on, is there a future in arts leadership here? What is it? Do we going to have to import people or do we have our people so i think these are provocative conversations and they just have a moderator there aren't speakers there it's up to the audience that's great i'm glad to hear that you were going to say something john no i I think the the other thing that uh we're bringing into it as well are a number of performances which Mm -hmm. i think are very interesting um first of all we're able to bring in um philip zarelli and his group from wales to do the american premiere of a new piece called told by the wind which is a company devised piece uh Again, that is that reflects Colombia's international interest, our international mm-hmm. interest in the department, and I, and I hope uh, I hope will um, add perspective to the international um, panel that we're doing, and, and Philips really will participate in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have uh, Rocco Jans coming in to perform. We have uh, some stand-up comedy uh, solo performance work that. Uh, we're also staging in the evenings, as well as making sure that the visitors, we've got over 136 presentations, mm. so there are a lot of visitors actually presenting, that right. they have the opportunity to get out and see work. And how many people do you expect to come beyond the presenters? We're aiming, we originally aimed for about 150 people um, at the moment, um, it could be that. It could be more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly as, because it's over three days, we're going to have some people who are Just going to come part. for all three days, yeah. and some who are focusing on particular 
particular days, which is why, for example, we decided that Saturday would focus on comedy because we know that there is a a contingent who, who will want to focus on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, give me an example of the most arcane paper that's being presented. Terrible question. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to go the other way, too. Um, um, I don't know how arcane this is, but there's one about Yiddish modernist theater in Chicago in the 1920s, which was brought arcane. here by a New York, very famous Yiddish actor named Joseph Uloff from New York. And I was very interested in this proposal to read that the reason he brought his work to Chicago, coming out of the Yiddish theater scene in New York, mm. was that Chicago was not so worried about commercialism. Mm. which is the same thing that has We're made Chicago saying, right. important today. Right. I was very impressed by that. Yeah. I think maybe Greek-American theater is, is one of the more arcane mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. I don't know other people might think of different things. And, well, and what's, uh, on the other side, the most, what should we say, populist <laughs> program that you think is uh, on, the, on the slate? No, I think we have a lot of mm -hmm. of populist programs, or because we have so many that are, you know, artists and members in the community talking about their work and talking about, you know, we've we've tried to put lots of different people in conversation with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we have sessions on youth theater, we have sessions on, you know, Latino theater, hip hop theater. I think one of the panels is going to be really interesting, and I wouldn't have. You know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have thought so, is a panel on business models. Mm. And I think that both reflects where we are in the economy, but it also now reflects the fact that a number of our theatre institutions have really exciting um, business models that are, that are quite revolutionary in their own way. Yeah. And we know, and I have this conversation constantly with my colleagues at uh, Paul and Northwestern particularly, that we are very, very fine and well-adjusted to teaching the art, but we also have to teach the business of the art. Yeah. And so having those opportunities for our students and our faculties and our guests to, to look at business models as part of the whole creative process, I yeah. think is going to be very That's exciting. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, another thing I, I saw looking through it is um, the storefront, aspect of Chicago theater seems right. to be well represented, which I know would be very important to many of our artists because they would, many of us would say that, you know, the storefront scene is as important at least as the more institutional. Absolutely. Theater. Three panels that sort of address those issues. One is one about several established storefront theaters that have been together for something like 30 years, which is amazing to realize that. Um, prop theater, theater Ublek, the, the neo-futurists, couple of other companies. Um, then there's another one about theatrical Darwinism, which is about why some theaters have survived, but through adaptation mm. over decades. Again, little small theaters, not talking yeah. about the Goodman and Steppenwolf, right. whereas other theaters have just decided, you know, it's time to close. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third one is uh, a panel on the ecology of storefront theater, which specifically is involving artists and funders and the press, uh, Chris Fire from Time Out Chicago, is part of it. So that's a broader look at the storefront theater. Yeah. Well, um, you must have had your hands full trying to put this all together and sort through the thousands of variations of what it could have been to create what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and probably the best way for a listener to find out exactly what it is going to be is the website, which is... 
www.colum.edu backslash theater symposium and theater spelled R-E. Uh-huh. And that website is updated periodically so that as we get new panelists or somebody drops out, but mostly it's a matter of adding panelists, uh-huh. we bring that up to date. And say again how many presentations there are over the three days? 70 presentations over three days, 180 speakers, which includes featured speakers, panelists, right. and so forth. And and if someone wants to come, they just can buy a ticket for... No, seven? that is the unfortunate thing, I'm afraid. Uh, you have to register. I mean, you can register at the door, mm-hmm. but we don't have per-day registration or per-event mm-hmm. uh, admission. It's uh, Registration is $95 for all three days, which is, as I say, I say 70 events, $60 for students, and we strongly want to bring as many college, high school and college students to this event as possible, both graduate and undergraduate level. Um, There are two free events, John mentioned already, the concert by Rock Up Jans on Thursday night Mm -hmm. and the evening of solo performance, which I think is going to be a pretty freewheeling affair. I mean, three of the wackiest performance artists in town. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds very cool. We're all looking forward to it. Thanks so much for talking. Thank you very much, Anne.